Hi, I'm Camila Diaz Barilla, and I'm here to talk to you about The Revolutions. The Revolutions is a theater show, a live digital performance, and a big old experiment brought to you by Spiderweb Show, Canada's national digital theater company. You can check us out at spiderwebshow.ca. We are working towards our first performance of this show, The Revolutions, in September in Kingston, Ontario. And it's a beast. It's ambitious. And there's lots of moving parts. Let me break it down for you. A revolution must come from pent-up yeah. uh, desire. Yeah. But I think it confuses us when we use the word revolution because it's really... It's not really what it is. It's a change in the zeitgeist or it's a it's an evolution or it's a re- mm-hmm. at the very most a rebellion that we're part of. We've been talking about this a lot lately. What makes a revolution? So when you look at how my generation of young people were there, they were complaining about oppression coming down from government, coming down from Nixon, coming down from making wars that they didn't believe in. So they were fighting against what they thought was an oppressive state. Mm -hmm. And what I see now, I'm a little bit immune from it, is that we have an emerging generation of people, of which you are uh, one, who who tend to be a little bit oppressive, collectively about language and what's mm. what's okay to say and what's not okay. It brings up a lot of different things to different people. When I hear the word revolution, for example, I immediately think of a political revolution. But there's so many different kinds, right? There's cultural revolution, personal revolutions that change our world from the inside out. It's a really juicy jumping off point. This show, this live digital performance experiment, is exploring the concept of revolution in terms of form, content, process, even the team. Spiderweb Show has assembled a really interesting team of Canadian theatre artists from a variety of different experiences and creative practices. Our ages range from 20 to 80 years old, and we're collaborating across four different cities in Canada. Let me introduce you to some of our team. In Toronto... Hi, uh, I'm Michael Wheeler. I'm the Artistic Director of Spiderweb Show. And me, Camila Diaz-Varela. I'm collaborating with the Toronto Performance Component, and I'm putting together these podcasts on our process. In Montreal... My name is Rhiannon Collette. I am the playwright on this project. In Vancouver... Hey, my name is Christine, and I'm one of the performers in Revolutions. In Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver... We're going to have two performance collaborators in each city, and we'll all be emerging theater artists under 30 years old. 
our fourth city will be Kingston, Ontario, where we'll be performing the live show in September. In Kingston... Hello, my name is Catherine Mackay, and I'm the director of The Revolutions. Hi, uh, my name is Sarah Garten-Stanley, and I am the production dramaturg for The Revolutions. My name is Mariah Horner, and I am the assistant director and the shadowing producer on the project The Revolutions with Spiderweb Show. And we'll have three more very important performers and collaborators based in Kingston as well. I'll let Catherine explain. The original concept for the revolution centered around a vision which partnered senior theatre practitioners with the cutting-edge technology of CDN Studio. And although the project has grown in scope and ambition since its original inception, the inclusion of artistic elders who helped form the bedrock of Canadian theatre has remained at the heart of the production. The three Kingston-based elders who will be performing in the revolutions embody the passion and diversity which still defines present-day Canadian theatre. Director and writer Jim Gerard established Theatre Past Marai and continues to break through walls with his piercing vision. First Nations playwright and poet Daniel David Moses is a vital political voice in Canadian theatre. And performer Anne Hardcastle continues to inspire aspiring young actors with her work on stage and innovative mentorships. Together, these three inspirational artists will form the living centre of the revolutions. So we have this really potent mix of emerging theatre artists, more established theatre professionals, and Canadian theatre elders. And we'll all be rehearsing and performing this show together from our different cities. How is this possible? It's possible because we're going to be using an online platform called CDN Studio, a national digital rehearsal hall that Spiderweb Show launched to the public just a few months ago. What is CDN Studio? Well, you can learn more about it and try it out for yourself at www.cdnstudio.ca. But in a nutshell, Anyone can use it with a laptop, a webcam, and an internet connection. It basically takes the live video from your webcam and blends it with that of your collaborators wherever they may be, so that on your screens, it looks like you're all in the same room. And you can make some really fascinating performance that way. I think it's... Um an attempt to have a simultaneous national performance uh, on the topic of uh, what is revolutionary. For me, the revolutions uh, started as a conversation with separate parts, uh, really interested in what it means to talk across generation and to talk across distance and therefore to talk across language. Um, what are the schisms, what are the past revolutions, and what's the revolution that we're living in now? I think the revolutions for me is about the collaboration between multiple generations of theatre artists, uh, creating a dialogue about our work, our practices, and our lives. And the process is a bit of a long-distance love story because we're not actually meeting each other in person till the end. So the ether of the internet and Canadian studio is both cutting-edge and heartbreaking. Uh, in the process, we are always both near and far from each other. 
um, and we're kind of exploring how connection between generations and between distances all over Canada is wacky. <laughs> One of the key parameters of this project is that we're working with collaborators in four different cities and we can only communicate using digital technology. We will not meet in person until the final live performance in Kingston in September. Most of us are complete strangers to each other, so we're building our relationships from scratch at a digital distance. What do you think was like a moment of like revolution for you in your life? Like how do you approach the word revolution? <clears throat> do you approach the word revolution? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not tonight. I, I don't seem to be approaching it at all tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rhiannon is the playwright on this project, and she's writing a script based on our communications and conversations on the idea of revolution, which we will be performing as part of our live show. As part of her writing process, she's been having phone conversations with the elders for the past couple weeks. Right now, she's talking to Daniel David Moses. Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing the, uh, the the image of turning in, inside there, mm -hmm. where where you, you turn directions, you you to you, you change things that way by yeah. by choosing some other thing to to do, I guess. Daniel David Moses is a self-described Canadian Aboriginal poet playwright who's been creating award-winning theater and literary work for over 30 years. He's an associate professor at Queen's University, and last year he was inducted as a fellow to the Royal Society of Canada in the Arts Division. Basically, I'm, 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 I'm fairly old-fashioned, I think. I, I, uh, I, 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 I really sort of dis, distrust new fashions in art, and I, I really look for things that work. I really, you know, I, I, I really like to give actors something to work with yeah. and, and not, not against or through. And I mean, there, there are, there are sort of post-traumatic plays where, you know, you, the, your, your actors have to perform a text, but there's no psychology to the characters. It, it may, they're, they're up there on stage and they're, they're they're doing a performance, but there's not necessarily something that, that that's emotionally engaging about them. And I mean, that's that's a, that's an attempt to be revolutionary formally. But I, I just think if I'm going to spend all this time uh, get, getting the story up on stage, I, I want something that will engage with, with people's emotions because that's the uh, that's the struggle. Rhiannon has also been talking with another of our elders, Anne Hardcastle. Anne is a queer actor, director, playwright, and political activist. Her work often explores feminist and class structures, and she just turned 80 years old. All of us are figuring out our comfort levels with technology through this project, and Anne was not very comfortable having her phone conversation with Rhiannon recorded. But I hear they went really well. 
Okay, so Anne, I haven't heard any anything from Anne, and I like she's kind of an enigma to me because I just don't have any idea what's going on in her head. So how's she? She's amazing. She was like worried that yeah. I was gonna be mean to her. I don't want to be mean to anybody, but like, no. but oh, that's a whole conversation. She was like, "Oh, you're not actually that intimidating," and I was like, "You are literally sixty years older than me. Like, <laughs> how would I be intimidating? I don't know. Like, but I, I understand, especially like." Like, queer politic is also, like, really intimidating. Yeah. And, like, alienating of older generations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think out of anybody, she's, like, the person who is, like, most connected to, like, the next generation. In what way? Like, she was saying to me that, like, um, that she has has the best time talking to people who are in their 20s. (laughs) She has a really easy time connecting to people who are in their 20s. Oh. That's awesome. Um, and, and yeah, and, and, but it was interesting because she said that and I was like, okay. And then we just talked for two hours and had an amazing, like, conversation, um, just about like being, I don't know, just our lives and like being queer and like being women and like, it was just like really amazing. Mm. I think all of us at Spiderweb Show are really interested in understanding the role that technology can have in making art. So I surveyed a couple of young folks at The Intersection, a professional development event in Toronto for theatre artists under 30. I asked them, in your creative process, is technology a friend or a foe? Well, for me especially, because I recently moved to Montreal, so I'm there for most of the year. Um, And so working with my collaborators, technology became super important. So uh, Google Docs and Dropboxes and Skype or video chat, that kind of stuff became really, really important for me to be involved in process. Everyone else is here in Toronto except for me. So that's been a huge thing, but it's been my realization that face-to-face is way more important. I think technology really helps my inspiration. Um, I think I wouldn't be the artist or human being I am today without the access to internet and through that and meeting people who live in different countries that I've met through gaming or chat rooms. those people have taught me so much about what's out there in the world in terms of music and stories. So, um, like, I just wouldn't. I don't. I don't know if I would be happy. Like, for a lot of time, a lot of times in my life, I don't think I would have been happy if I didn't have access to the internet because I spent a lot of my time meeting people um, in digital spaces because I couldn't do so physically. It allows for a greater range of research and an ability to look at other people's projects. And there's a lot of great resources online that you can use to look at how to build anything. There's a few sites like Instructables.com or just YouTube videos in general that can show you how to do anything you want. And so that's helped a lot, but it can be distracting. 
So it's finding the balance. What I love to do is shut off all technology and just go into a creative space and a quiet space and a place of peace um, in order to dig deep and see what comes up as opposed to reaching through the screen of your computer or trying to type it out. Like I sit on my bedroom floor and take out papers and just write and, and scribble and brainstorm and, and really get as connected physically as possible. And I find technology to be a form of disconnect when entering a deeply creative process. So Rhiannon, our playwright, and the elders, and Jim and Daniel, have been talking on the phone for the past couple weeks, and a common theme has started to emerge. Queer theory and gender politics as a sore spot when talking about revolutions of the day. I don't know if you've heard about the whole thing about like they pronouns. Like some people use yeah. the neutral pronouns, right? Yeah, I have trouble with that. I, first of all, I have a little bit of trouble figuring them out, and I'm probably very resistant to changing the way I speak. But I, I have to say, now it's, there's an example of me resisting, really resisting that tendency, because I think it's it screws up the language. This is Jim Gerard. Jim Gerard has had a long and varied career in the theatre as an actor, a playwright, a professor, artistic director, a disruptor. One of his biggest claims to fame is that he's one of the founders of Theatre Passe-Mirai in Toronto. And of course, people like me, we make a lot of jokes about, oh yeah, I'm identifying as a, a you know, pick one. And, uh, <laughs> Gender of the day. The, yeah. And, but I, there's another voice behind me that says, you know, be careful here because because it doesn't sit well with you, or it doesn't, it doesn't reflect your, your the real the experience of the core of your life. Yeah. Doesn't mean you should be. You shouldn't be. Dis, I shouldn't be dismissing it out of hand. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't consider those people. I do consider that my freedom of expression is being challenged. Mm -hmm. But that challenged is one thing. Having it forbidden is another. Like, I have a lot of opinions that I suspect you would <laughs> would make you uncomfortable. And a, a lot of interpretations about what's going on in the world that you would probably, you would, I'm just saying that anybody in your age range, it would be likely to say that I, you know, well, that's full of shit, Jim, or that's, uh, that's not right. But I think, I find today, I often refer to... Uh, the, the most active, the politically active contexts for young people today, I find very oppressive. Mm -hmm. And so I talk, I say it's the New Salem or it's the, the Red Salem. Guard or, yeah. again, you know, and yeah. the people are telling me what I can and can't say, what I can and can't write about and mm -hmm. who I have to write it for and all that kind of stuff. Being an old 60s guy where freedom was everything. Yeah. It was everything to be free. It spread into license. It spread into sexuality. It spread into thought. It was just all like that. And now I'm feeling as though there's not much freedom left, especially for uh, what men. I mean, I, I think I've learned a lot from 
from feminist thought, just like mm. like how how our positions in society are have been formed by by our received notions of what it is to be a woman or a man or yeah. you know and and you know how, how that's that's been changing. I mean, we're we're living in a time where 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 there are new behaviors that that seem seem to be growing in validity and and, yeah. and and sometimes it's just like I don't know if I can deal with this but there it is <laughs> totally totally like I feel like right now we're in the midst of a revolution like for sure and it's like or like yeah like a definitely like a cultural and like a queer revolution I feel like for sure and it's it's yeah. funny you know like I mean so are you mostly based in Kingston or are you in Kingston and Toronto uh, Kingston and Toronto. I mean, I've, I've done most of my work in Toronto, so. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so funny. It's so interesting to, like, talk to, to you know, you and, and Jim and, and Anne. Because um, I'm I'm just, like, living that, that rough and tumble life uh, in Montreal. It's not rough or, or tumble, TBH, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, like, I, yeah, I, I. I understand it's still fairly cheap, though, so that's Oh, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, I'm not working at a restaurant until 4 a.m. and then crying all day and then paying my rent, so that's, that's, that's the good life. Um, but, yeah, it's great. It's a great life, but also, like, I feel like I'm at the forefront of, like, or not at the forefront, but I'm at a place where, like, the, like, all the new things and all the new ideas about, about gender, about sexuality, about politic, about like privilege and, and class and uh, power hierarchy. It's all coming at me like all the time and people are always learning about it around me. And so I have access to it in a way that's like really interesting. Um, whereas like I was talking to Jim yesterday and he, you know, he, uh, he doesn't have access to any of that. So it's like, how do you, I don't know. How do you partake in the revolution when I don't know? Maybe the revolution's happening in Kingston, and I'm not. I'm just not <laughs> aware of it. <laughs> I've only been through once, so please correct me if I if I'm wrong. <laughs> One of the foundational nuggets that we've been working with in this show is the idea of revolution, of course, but. We've been finding that the elders, who we consider radical and revolutionary in their own right, aren't responding to it as we thought they would. When I was like uh, interviewing all the elders about about revolution, none of them really had much to say about it. Yeah, which was like interesting to me. They're kind of like, I don't really think that like this is something that like applies to me like where I'm at and like I think in terms of revolution I've moved more from like the below revolution to like revolution as like circles and patterns cycles where things change Mm -hmm. I really like revelation I think that's fun I do too I talked to Daniel about that and he was like well like actually like I view it more as like a spiral yes uh, yeah. yeah and then like and then like looking being able at a point in the spiral and being able to see behind you and ahead of you mm-hmm. in some way like if you are at a certain point mm-hmm. um, and how the, he was talking about how like the past is always at our shoulder and if we like don't know the past and we don't know we can't like we are bound to like repeat it all right. talks about like repeating the past right or like they have hindsight yeah. that goes back 60 years. Yeah. Whereas I have hindsight that goes back like five years, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Like, I'm just like, oh, um... I don't know, it's like interesting. I honestly think now listening to all this material that revolution is a young person's perspective on change. Obviously no one is digging the word, that none of the seniors are digging the word. And it's like, yeah. is revolution when you look at it before? And then like, like if you're young and you look at it coming up and you're like, I want to change it. But then you live, right? And living is totally different. And then yeah. maybe looking behind you on what you've done, there's an idea between a... Um, a difference between revolution and legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree, because I feel like, like, even, like, when you're, okay, like, kind of a shoddy example, but even, like, you know, like, you're making a theater piece, and you're, like, you're coming up to it, or you're, like, in the thick of it, and you're, like, oh, my God, this is amazing, this is changing everything, this is, yeah. like, like, a piece of art that will blah, and then it, and it happens, and then it goes behind you. Yeah. And then it's, like, for me, it's always just, like, it's not, like, oh my god, you should have seen that incredible piece. It's just like the piece existed and now it doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, that's or right. Or now it's over. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like when you finish a play, it's mm -hmm. like, it, it it gets like swept away by time. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and I feel like the revolutions, like, while they feel so imperative in the moment, especially like, especially because like the revolutions that we're talking about aren't like, they're not like life or death stakes. Mm -hmm. either for the most part well the, um, yeah the creative revolutions i guess is what we're focusing on yeah yeah but it's like it it, it becomes a part of you yeah I, I think like when you work on something like that it becomes a part of you and then it just is they like it's it just is you it isn't like something that you can objectively look at because it's something that forms you maybe yeah yeah um because i think everyone was kind of talking about like the revolutions like of their life Mm -hmm. And none of it was like, none of it was like, the, like the days of glory. Like Jim will even talk to me about past Mecca. I know, and I was so intrigued by that. I'm like, yeah, I am so intrigued by that. Yeah. He like he won't even talk to me. Like he he'll like mention it, but it's it's nothing I couldn't read in their about statement. I think there's like this this fear that I I sense between younger people and older people that like that one of us is intrinsically wrong. Yeah. And so that is like the unspoken thing yeah. between us is that somebody here is wrong and, and like, and not in like a way that like, you're not right about that. It's like, you are wrong in your person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's like you fucked up or like, you don't understand gender politics at all. Yeah. You don't know how to switch pronouns. Like you're a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like unspoken thing yeah and from like the seniors perspective it could be something like you have no idea what you're fucking talking about like get back to me yeah. in 10 years like yeah, yeah right yeah. i think that kills dialogue right but i think it's a very dramatically interesting concept yeah totally it is and i think i'm gonna explore that mm. we're still at the beginning of this process clearly but we've got lots of good ideas simmering Next month, we start rehearsals for the show in CDN Studio with our collaborators across the country, which is sure to bring its own fascinating conversations. You'll hear more from us then. This is the first of many Spiderweb Show podcasts to come, and we're really interested in what you think. Visit us at spiderwebshow.ca for more updates, to get in touch, and to participate in in-depth conversations on contemporary Canadian theatre. Till next time, thanks for listening.